podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Go on! Go on! Sometimes longer isn't better. So if you're looking for a fantasy NFL game that doesn't last all season, try Paddy Power Fantasy. Every game week is a season in itself. Try it for free on our super short, super free contest on this Sunday's 6pm games. The top 1,500 customers in the contest win a prize with £200 for first place. Search Paddy Power Fantasy to pick your team. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show presented by Paddy Power Fantasy. Happy Friday the 13th, everybody. J-Bell in the house to get you set for the weekend. We'll preview all the key action coming your way. Big shout out to our friends at Paddy Power Fantasy. Get involved with our listener league, fantasy.paddypower.com forward slash league forward slash Nat Coombe Show. Free to enter. Lots of cash prizes to be won. We'll push that out, uh, that link out on our social media channels as well. At the NC Show Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, a ton to get into. We'll get straight down to it and check in with the terrific J Bell. Jason Bell, welcome back to ESPN HQ. What's up, man? I love it. Friday the 13th. I'm scared. But I'm not, because my name is Jason and Jason is a part of the horror thing, so I feel like he would give me some leniency. He would always, you get a pass because you're like, Yeah, if I was at a campsite and it was going down, he would would say. And you would say, I'm cool, I'm rolling, and then. Freddy Krueger rocks up 20 seconds later, and that's... Then I got to run. Bye-bye. Yeah, then, then all <laughs> yeah, that other stuff goes. I'd be like, did you talk to Jason? Because he said I had a pass. And then, uh, you know... It'd be difficult to get in a conversation with Freddy. I don't think he's, I, <laughs> he's a chatting kind of I type. think I've... You know what? I've went all wrong about this. Like, my whole... Let, yeah, let's stick to football. I'm no good. I don't know what I'm what? talking about. This is what happens on the Friday the 13th. A you wise, get weird. A wise choice. we got a lot to get into. We're going to pick all the games that we can. Cool. Of course, I want to get into one of the big stories in the NFL right now, that the CBA, the negotiations there, and the, the possible, probable expansion of the league as well to 17 games and what you think all about that. But I want to start with Thursday night football, first mm. things first. And the Baltimore Ravens getting it done once again. No surprise, really, against the New York Jets. We expected them to win. But what was particularly interesting, I thought, was this is a decent Jets run defense. Mm. It's a strong Jets run defense. It couldn't stop the Ravens. Can anyone stop the Ravens? How do you stop the Ravens, and particularly Jay, but how do you stop Lamar Jackson? So this is really cool, right? The first thing I really... I like to see good teams play against opponents they're supposed to win and do exactly what they they are supposed to do. And the Baltimore Ravens never play down. They always have their standard of play when they go out there. And that says a lot about who we're going to talk about, Lamar Jackson. He is the tempo setter of that team. And they follow his leadership. And you see it. I mean, they do not let off the gas, right? Period. So everybody's thinking right now, how do you stop the guy? And, you know, me and my buddy Osi, um, who's your buddy also, by the way, I'm just saying that, were speaking about this. And early in the season, he said something. He said, you know, when we played, we had a running quarterback. We had a thing called a Q call, which was basically because he's an edge defender. Mm-hmm. So an outside linebacker, defensive end. We are coming downhill and we are hitting the quarterback every single down mm. because the way you're going to call the game is going to change as a coordinator if your quarterback keeps getting hit. Mm-hmm. He's done it with Michael Vick. He's done it with when Vick was in um, uh, Philly because Philly, they played him twice. So I was like, yeah, I remember that. And then you hear Earl Thomas make this comment mm-hmm. about they're starting to go after his legs. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the first person. You know, they're tackling his legs. They're doing this. 
that's exactly the NFL is a physical game. We're a brotherhood. We're not out to hurt anybody, but we want to slow you down. Mm. You, I, if I'm covering a fast receiver and I have and I tackle him, I might roll a certain way mm-hmm. to kind of twist his ankle to slow him down for that day. Let him know you're there. I, I don't want you to be fast all day. Like why, that doesn't help you? me. Why would you? Yeah. So let's put. Let's be clear about this. Yes. So if we go back into the history books and you look at something like Bounty Gate, mm. right? So the Bounty Gate story for listeners and. And those watching not familiar is when the New Orleans Saints, Greg Williams was the coordinator at the time, got caught out because they were actively, Greg Williams was actively telling his players to target the opposition Mm -hmm. and and hit them hard. Mm -hmm. Are we talking about that level? No. What are we talking about? We're talking about the way the rules are set up and the way the competition committee uh, said as a quarterback, you're protected. Mm -hmm. But when you are a runner, you are a runner. And so the quarterbacks that are running quarterbacks, once they do all the kind of stuff that now they're not a pocket passer and they're running, you tackle them like a runner. That's that game. Think about a running back. If a running back comes out and you want to slow him down, you chip him. Or, hey, a guy like Osi's coming off the end of the defensive end, you chip him to slow him down. Mm -hmm. It's football. Mm -hmm. So now if I have two running threats – I, and I have to go attack one to eliminate him, just like a scre- in the screen game. You know, you might hit the guy back there if he's trying to block you. You can. It's legal. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the quarterback. Instead of him running around like he, you know, he's free and and he's not a uh, and he's not a runner and treating him not like a runner. You do. And the thing about it is, you think of it like the RPO, the run pass option. Mm-hmm. It was very happy. that was that was. All around the league, everybody was doing it. Defense has started to say, now I need to take away one thing. I need to stop one thing so you don't have the option. Yeah, I'm going to be weak in one, but at least I know I am. Mm-hmm. So if you take away, you you attack Lamar when he's running the, any kind of option run, you might be weaker in the middle, but at least you know that's where you can be beat. Lamar on the outside can destroy you. Almost unstoppable. So where is the line then? Because I've heard some people suggest what we're going to start to see, particularly as we get to the playoffs, is teams gambling, following your logic, to the degree where they might even get a 15-yard penalty. They're prepared to take that risk if it means getting in Lamar's face to the degree you're talking about. Where is the line? And where, as no, a player, no, no where penalties. Is the line? No penalties. No this penalties. Is, this is the, the rules. The rules are you, you. we've taken the head out of the game. You know, we've... We're not doing anything that you can't do to a runner. Right. It's nothing different. It's just in the pocket, a quarterback is protected differently. You can't hit him low. It's a strike zone, right? Will we start to see that, though, I guess is what I'm saying. Do you think we'll start to see, mm-hmm. uh, when everything is on the line, teams taking it, crossing that line and no. starting to hit Lamar late and starting mm-hmm. to hit no. him in the pocket? No, I don't, nobody's going to hit him late. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about when he's close to being out of bounds. Mm-hmm. I'm saying when he's running the option and instead of as an end defender on the line, Playing that how you're supposed to. Okay, let me see if he hands it off. Mm-hmm. If he does, I'm going to go down and tackle him. Uh, let me see if he runs around. Just go right at him mm-hmm. and say, I'm eliminating this threat. It's like being a number one receiver. I'm not going to cover you one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play cover two, roll up, put hands on you at the line of scrimmage, and slow you down. That's what you're doing in Lamar. You're not letting your best weapon go. You're double-teaming him. You're stopping him. You're deploying assets to eliminate him. It's legal. It's that's the way I don't know if it's going to work, but if I'm going to do that, I'm saying he's run the option. We are tackling Lamar. Okay. One other theory I've heard kicked around 
uh, this week is if you look at the two defeats the Ravens have had, it's because they've been behind early on. They've had to chase the game. So the, the Browns and the, and the Chiefs went ahead and put their foot on the gas quickly and forced the Ravens to rethink their game plan. Yes. Is an easier said than done, J-Bell, right? Yes. But that is a, there's a fundamental difference with this Ravens offense when they are chasing the game as opposed to when they're controlling the game. Right. I mean, they're not built for uh, Lamar Jackson to stand back there in the pocket and sling the ball down the field all day. It's not going to happen. But guess what they did? Because they understand that. They went and traded for Marcus Peters. Mm. They got better on defense. What a deal. They got better on defense. Best four corners in the league. And they are stout in the middle of their defense. You know a little bit about this position, Jay, but when that deal went down, of course, Jalen Ramsey was getting all the headlines because he's an elite player. He was the, the new marquee signing for the Rams. It was bye-bye Peters. We don't need you anymore. What did you think at the time? Did you think at the time that's a mistake? Not so much signing Jalen, but letting Peters go. No. Uh, he didn't fit what they were at the Rams, and he's not a number one corner. He's not a lockdown number one corner. He's great in this Baltimore scheme because the way they disguise things, they let him play how he needs to play, and he's the third best corner. Mm. Marlon Humphreys, Jimmy Smith, and then him. Yeah, right. Then you got Carr. You know, so Marlon Humphreys is one of the top corners in the league, mm. period. At the end of this season, going into next year, we'll be talking about him being a top three corner. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. You know his dad was a running back? Really? Yeah, yeah. No way. Humphreys. Uh, Bobby Humphreys? No way. For the, that played for uh, Denver? It's in the blood. Yeah, that's why he wears number 44. I was like, how does a corner that's good wear number 44? This is <laughs> right. such a trash number. Yeah, yeah. And this is dad's number. So it's not trash, okay? Anyways, that's... uh. It's easily, he's up there with... What, with, with who would you have, who, in terms of your power ranking corners, so Jalen's still got to be there even though he hasn't had a strong season, right? Slate's I mean, Gilmore, Gilmore is the guy. Yeah. It's hands down Gilmore. Clear cut number one. Uh, number one. It's, it's not, nobody's even playing in his yard. But I think if there's a number two, it's Humphreys. Mm. Humphreys, Humphreys tackles. He can play press man. He can play zone coverage. It's about being able, think about what they do, they did to, uh, Peters the other day. Mm-hmm. They blocked up everybody. They made him tackle one-on-one. Those are the game-changing plays that happen against mm-hmm. Baltimore. They're going to fix that because they're going to get on him. He missed two tackles. Yeah. They singled him up. That's what they do to corners. Richard Sherman is so good because what he's so physical in the run game. Right. And he's having a great year. Mm. By the way, he might be top five. This on year. Sherman, because you see this in other sports and other positions, is this true with corner as well that if you've got that benefit of experience and wisdom and guile – you might not be the quickest guy. You might not be the most physical, the best tackler, but that extra split second of perception just gives you a massive edge. Yeah, and what really helps you is if you weren't a guy that was dependent on your speed. Mm. So if you're a corner, you're a 4-2 guy, you're flying, and you slow down, and you haven't got better technically. There's nothing else there. Right, but if you're a 4-5 guy all day long, this is who you are, you're a 4-6 guy, but people have to realize Speed is what it is. But imagine this. You're trying to get to a point, right? Speed gets you there. But what if you have really long arms and you're tall? Mm. You could be a second slower. Mm. You still got to get there and knock the ball down, but you have longer arms. You're taller, great wingspan. And this you is can, Sherman, right? I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So going final thing on the Ravens and we'll move on. Are they – in your mind, the strongest team in the NFL yes. right now? Are they the team to beat right now? Yes. More than the 49ers? Yes. More than, and in the AFC, certainly? Yes. And it's because 
Man, listen, I believe in defense. Defense travels well. They play well in bad weather. Their offense plays well in bad weather. They have a good offensive line. Good offensive lines travel well. And you have the one thing you need in football more than anybody. You have a leader you believe in. Mm. And a leader that just has that magical leadership. Man, you see them guys rally around Lamar? We we can't even – we don't have to guess. They told us. Watch them. Did you see the Jets players lining up to get jerseys signed at the end of the game? Next yeah. level. And I will say about – I won't say this actually. But I've, I, I just <laughs> – I want to know I won't, now. I won't say this. There's been quarterbacks that have been – you don't have to name names. High caliber guys, mm-hmm. great guys, great players. But the whole, they didn't really respect everybody in the locker room. Mm. You know, to the sense that I feel like Lamar Jackson does. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, and not that they were bad, but, you know, you'd have to be one of the top ten guys on the team for them yeah. to kind of hang out with you yeah. or be cool yeah, with yeah, you yeah. or whatever. This 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 guy isn't like that. He's got everyone's back. You see it. That's why I loved Eli. I loved Eli. Man, it's just he was cool with everybody, you know? It, you know, anyways. Loving Eli back, by the way, for his sponsor. Yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. Love Eli. There's, there's something, that's something, you know, in, in the stars, was it written in the stars that you get a few more dances ah, before, no. uh, presume he's going to retire a uh, giant as well, you would think. <sighs> uh, we don't need to get too wistful and too melancholic, yeah, J-Bell. Nah, oh, nah, I, just, I like Eli, man, I do. Who doesn't like I Eli? Do, I do, <laughs> I like that. He's funny, he's hilarious. You funny would love him. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's very funny. Oh, man. What kind of guy? I like that uh, stories you tell me about him. The OC tells me about him. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big, a big fan. Also, n- not for nothing, but this idea that Eli Manning is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Forget- he's got two rings, clutch time player. Uh, uh, you anyway. know that whole thing. It's the argument. It'll rumble on. It's great. It gives us something to discuss. Right. We will get into the Giants and Eli definitely mm-hmm. later on. Let's talk about. 17 games cool. in an NFL season, which is looking more and more likely. A number of news outlets, Washington Post amongst them, reported that the CBA going on at the moment, which seems to be going on forever, yeah. probably won't get resolved now until post the Super Bowl. Yep. But one of the likely outcomes is that the players and the league look like they're going to agree for a 17th game, which might well be played if it is agreed on neutral territory, which means oh, a lot more international. I like where you're going with this. Series games. I like where you're going. Maybe even playoff expansion as well is on the cards, expanding the number of teams making the playoffs from 12 to 14. So let's start firstly with the regular season game expansion. Okay. As a former player, mm-hmm. how does that sit with you? And how do you think it's going to sit with players? Are they going to look at it and think, great, more money, which means I get more money. I've got a short shelf life as a player. This is a good thing, or are they going to think the wear and tear I'm taking on my body is already at the max degree? This is a step too far. I think that it's one more game, and that is not a deal killer, right? Mm -hmm. One more game. I think players understand the salary cap gets larger. That helps you. And and let's be honest, you (laughs) – you can think about all the years you think you have. You only got the year you got. You know, so you better <laughs> right. get it all out of that year. You all just right. don't know what's going to happen. And I will say, uh, especially these young players, they understand that NFL is trying to go global. Mm. And, they're, and they're, they like that. This mm. is cool. Like, uh, 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 people are now getting exposed uh, to – 
to different parts of the world because they get to play the games. Mm-hmm. You you know, you heard Todd Gurley when he came out here, he made a, on Twitter, he made a comment like, I'm, re- when I retire, I'm coming there to yeah. London. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that would have never happened. So I think that now players understand that they're going to play globally. Mm-hmm. And that part is cool. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's they're. It's a generational thing in particular. Yes, I think it very much so. It's just, if you come in the league and this is what it is, mm-hmm. what do you, what, what, you don't know anything else. And that's what happens. You, you know, people get stuck in their ways. They don't like things. These coaches have been around forever, so they don't like anything. Mm. They don't like leaving the facility, mm. right? You know, they want things the same, easy. But players, you're like, this is cool. This is what we are. Eventually, I get that side of it. But but the back to the physicality and, and the wear and tear, because we're seeing more than ever now, because of what we understand through science and through research, more than ever, players – calling it early, calling their career early because they don't need, you hear this often, I don't need the game anymore. I've made my money. I don't want to end up really, really banged up uh, as a result of it. So is there still going to be that element of it, you think, that players are going to be wary of being put through more? I think that's weird. That's very When people say that and do that, I'm always, I'm not sure where they're coming from because, Mm. look, the game, you you just you don't retire for the game. The re- game retires you. Mm. So I think it comes to a point if you're lucky, like some people, like my buddy Strahan, 15 mm-hmm. years, and he's just like, I'm done. And it's because he understands what it takes to get ready. Mm. And he's like, I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's rare. And and that's that's kind of you know when you're playing this game, you are giving your body. You are. And there is a point where you say, I can't do this anymore. And that's fine if you can do that. Or you just can't do it anymore. But if you love the game, you're just going to play it. You're just going to play it. And the way that, you know, they're protecting each other now and looking after each other, I think most people play till they can't. I mean, most people, I think it's a small, maybe 10% are going through that, ah, you know, I'm going to shut it down. Most people play the till they can't. exception to the rule. Yeah. yeah. What is the impact going to be, Jay Bell, on – preseason games if this happens that might be the payoff that yeah the moment you have four preseason games of which the the starters only factor significantly in one of them and the mm-hmm. other three are really there to work out those six seven eight spots that are up for grabs on a 53-man roster right yes. so what will be the impact there if we expand the regular season and minimize the preseason so I was thinking about this. The first thing I thought was a guy like me who had to make the team and grind it out. I needed every one of those preseason games. Mm-hmm. I needed it because I had to, at, through the process of the preseason, I, the fourth game I had to go out there and perform just to make the team. And so that was important to me. But we're talking really five to ten guys on the team that mm-hmm. are battling. So it doesn't benefit the team as a whole. It does certain players. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, now that I'm thinking about it, I think the way that it's okay to shorten the preseason because it's what the Patriots do, do team practices. Mm. I think you focus more on the team practices. Mm. You use your preseason for that. Obviously a team you're not going to play during the season Mm -hmm. because you don't want them to have any tips on you. But I think that competitive nature allows you to evaluate the younger players on your team so you don't have to have those preseason games. There are certain coaches that seem to buy into that already, right? So and the Rams and McVay in particular seem yes. very dismissive of preseason games and want to approach preseason in a different way. Tomlin and the Steelers, from what I understand, you might have more intel than me on this. They 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 go at it. Right? It's go time. <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're getting they're a physical team. They yeah. practice. Yeah. 
hard. They hit. So that gives them an opportunity to do that. But let's look at someone like Belichick and uh, I, don't, I don't know really what his position specifically is on four preseason games. But what I do know about Belichick is that he is a master of strength and depth. Mm-hmm. Obviously loves special teams. I know almost as much as you do, j Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I would argue that actually the fine margins and where a number of games and seasons can be won and lost are not necessarily always about your superstars, but about the guys that come in and need to do a job uh, in a particular situational moment. And they're often those guys, and that element is fine-tuned through preseason, right? Yes, and it's about what kind of teacher you are. Mm. I almost think this, Nat. If you gave them a little more practice time, say you say no preseason, more practice time, right? More with your team. And you had a guy that's a teacher like Belichick. Mm-hmm. The thing he's doing is he's teaching the players on his roster uh, and their skill sets how to execute. So he's giving you actionable items on how to do things because he knows when it's on the line, you might have to win a game for him. So I'm going to coach you hard and give you the skills I'm going to do my starter. That's the way he approaches it. Mm-hmm. A lot different than other coaches. I've been around coaches that just – coach the guys they think are important mm. crazy it makes no sense to me and then try to coach you up when it's your you know your, when, your now it's your time yeah, yeah, you yeah. got to go out yeah. there and perform and that's those coaches aren't the ones we talk about mm-hmm. so it is what it is mm-hmm. but yeah i think that if you if you have he coaches his entire roster and he understands it because he knows i mean when you get beat he always says this in good coaches i mean you the, the teams are so close three or four plays really probably three Win or lose a game. Mm. And the way he plays is they always are taking away your best option and whatever, especially on defense. So who's really winning the game for you? It's maybe your lesser guy against their lesser guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like think yeah. about it. Yeah. Like their third option or yeah. fourth option against your third guy. This is logic that you see applied in all kind in all walks of life, in, in business for sure. Yes. You know, you hear this as an old adage in Hollywood as well that a movie's only as good as as the weakest actor in it. Because if somebody comes and stinks up the joint in the scene that they're in, that is gonna leave a lingering memory. It's gonna remove that movie from potential elite status or whatever. There it is. It it applies to, to so much. So going back to the main point of an expansion of the NFL, are you for it? I am definitely for it, especially being an international guy. Good I for think us, right? it's 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 great, and I just think this is a great move, a great time. I'm glad the CBA is happening now to where they can focus in on this because the international growth is the key. And like I said, it came from the Washington Post, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Now, remember the uh, the players' unions in uh, D.C. Ah, so, <laughs> right like they're I in like dc it. so this, this is mind. yeah somebody's talking to somebody so i'm cool with this if it was like you know the los angeles times i'd be like i don't know about that i don't know what's going on and i'm from la i like the la times shout the, out to the la times the charges can i say early. that on espn you can say that on espn ESPN's ESPN's in LA. <laughs> yes it is yeah la, LA live this yeah. yeah what up we gotta do a show from there oh yeah i got buddies over there too i got a lot of buddies they might tell you stories about me you might think differently about me we're gonna we're gonna have to go in there with hoods on maybe not (laughs) take this all back black ops uh, yeah (laughs) cut this this is cut (laughs) should we pick some games jbell let's do it picking games Uh, is cool because i mess up all the time yeah you've seen my uh my fantasy stats this season are um are they interesting? Interesting is the word I was reading. <laughs> you know what though? It's, it's, we, we were talk, saying this earlier. It's us, there's so much parody in the league mm. and 
truly these games come down to a couple plays, mm. most of them. They really do. Yeah, yeah. A couple of plays of execution. So it's, I mean, of course we don't know what's going to happen all the time. Fine tuning. And Carlson was bigging up his status on Wednesday's show. He was saying he's been picking games mm-hmm. this season and he, typical Carlson, comparing himself to every analyst in the world on oh, how man. they're doing. And oh, he, he loves it. He loves it. He's coming out on top. Apart from, I'm trying to scroll down here. There's a computer in the States. Uh, so they're basically, or individual experts make their picks and then a computer is running X number of algorithms and statistical programs to make the picks as oh, well. Wow. The computer's that coming out on top and Carlson is level with the computer ahead of, so we're talking about some kind of end of week 17, head to head, Carlson oh, versus the mainframe. And computer. he's making these picks with you beforehand. You have, you he, have. In, on his column. So it is okay. column. So he's right. black and white. So he's not blagging it. Okay. Which is understandable. Okay. Carlson could be doing that. <laughs> not blagging it. He is, he is out the set. Carlson be the computer. He knows football, man. That he, he's knows it. He's been around. He understands. He has a, and he knows these staffs really well, mm. which is, which is when you start really breaking it down and understanding how that matchup is. Uh, lines up. It's uh, powerful. Yeah, he you is know? the professor. Yeah, it's like knowing this guy playing against this guy, and he doesn't do well against that. I yeah. mean, it all it that all detail. matters. Back to that detail. All right, so we got a high bar. Both Carlson and the computer. We got to live up. To I mean, we're just winging it. I, we know football <laughs> now. We know. No. We just try to, uh, you know, we try to play ourselves down. We know we're doing. We know what we're doing. We well, let's start with the tough game to call. Let's okay. go with the toughest game to call. Okay. A team close to your heart, of course, the Dallas Cowboys. Rams at Cowboys. The Rams are suddenly back in business. Todd Gurley suddenly back in business. Incidentally, we mentioned Jalen Ramsey earlier on. Since they got Jalen Ramsey in week seven, mm-hmm. they're allowing under 16 points a game. Got it. Second fewest in the NFL. So mm-hmm. all this talk about Jalen Ramsey not living up to expectations, not buying that at all. Oh, he changed that defense immediately. I mean, Wade Phillips... Listen, this this game, Wade Phillips is going to play man to co- man coverage. Wade Phillips going back to Dallas, of course. Straight up man coverage. That's what we're going to see. And let's start off. So I, I, the anticipation is gone. I'm going with the Rams, mm-hmm. and I'm going with the Rams for a couple of reasons. The way McVay is calling that offense is the old McVay offense. What has changed? So we we worked early, earlier on this week and touched on it a little bit, but I'd like to deep dive a bit more. What changed in that Seattle game? Was it the was it the pace of the the pace certainly seemed to change. They weren't they weren't hanging around, which that seemed to happen earlier on in the season that you saw a lot of this kind of golf listening, listening to the play, everything was quite slow and it just didn't seem to have the same energy. And I don't know if that is me looking at a surface level and, and misunderstanding it because of a jet sweep and because mm. of a dynamic motion mm-hmm. element to, to what I'm seeing. Yep. Or whether you think there is more to it than that. And it's a lot of it is to do with the speed at which they were hitting the Seattle D. So it's a couple of things. If we're going to talk about Seattle, it's a couple of things. First thing is they were doing the play action pass. They got back to play action pass. Mm-hmm. That's what the Rams want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know about Seattle's defense, they never pressure mm-hmm. golf. How does golf, the worst thing you can do is pressure him. Yeah. He's a great drop back passer and a play action passer if he can do that. You he know, he's, second a, they call him that. a seven on seven guy. He can sit back there and he can deliver. He got the sweet arm. Mm. It's the pressure that messes with him. Mm. And Seattle with that cover three defense and the, and the, that scheme that they do, it, they understand that. I mean, the Rams, they understand mm. their zone coverage mm-hmm. concepts so what they do is they make it blurry they know in the zone you have this responsibility jason bell the left corner mm-hmm. so i'm gonna throw so many things in your area that confuse you and you have to pick yeah that's what i take advantage they'll run those they'll run the jet sweeps um 
run the run the run the zone runs with Gurley, and then come back with the play action and run three level crossers at you in mm. your zone. What am I doing? What am I? What doing? Am I, I got a guy coming deep. Mm-hmm. Run me out. This is why Brandon Cooks is important. Right. No matter if he's catching the ball or anything, he's stretching him vertically, and then you have Cooper Cup low, and you have Robert Woods in the middle. Mm. You know, he's finally back. That's what they do well. That personnel allows them to do that, and that's what they did against an opponent they know. Great breakdown. And Cook's spot on with that. It's such an integral part of this. Just very, very quickly, you hear this a lot. This quarterback is great when he's got all the time in the world. Every quarterback is great when they've got all the time in the world. But as when they're under pressure, that's when they crumble. Why doesn't every quarterback crumble under pressure to, to the same degree? Why does a player like Goff, for example, really, really come unstuck? A lot of times, if you're a timing and rhythm guy, I mean, it's good. You, you, you know, that's what protection does for you. It allows you to have that timing and rhythm. And you have to make quick decisions. And if you, you have to be able to process those things fast. And I think the great quarterbacks with the pressure know how to process faster. And their timing and rhythm is thrown off and they can still complete passes. Still, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Cowboys, really, I mean, we've talked about this all season long, yeah. really abject. They haven't beaten a team with a winning record, yet they've, got all this exceptional talent is this all on the shoulders of jason garrett when you look at the breakdown of this roster they're six and seven a very good chance of going six and eight of blowing the playoffs is it down solely or primarily to the head coach or is there more to it than that there's there's definitely more to it but it's on him because he is the ceo Hmm. i mean the team follows him and i think you know to our theme of this show we're talking about earlier well, I just made it our thing. <laughs> but was, um, you know, it's so much parity in the league. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to a couple of plays and yeah. the preparation and understanding of that and in game coaching matters. And when you look at your head coach and it seems like he's not doing that, mm. the blame falls on him. So that, that's what happened. I don't like that. I love what Dak Prescott is doing, but why are they throwing the ball so much? Mm. Why are they, I mean, why is he, you know, Everything's about him throwing the ball now. And I, I get it, but I don't like it. Particularly when he got Zeke Elliott. I mean, Prescott 0-4 against top 10 defenses this season. And that tells you a lot about Kellen Moore. And, and maybe that's the, been the problem. They haven't managed to get that fluency going in terms of the play calling. Yeah, it's just it's Kellen Moore. He started fast. It was cute and all that being said. But you have to – I don't feel like week to week they're like – really adjusting to the opponent. Like the game plan isn't built out that, okay, mm-hmm. this is how they're going to play us on uh, on defense. This is what we can do. We know their defense plays good when they play less than 30 minutes. They dominate. They play over 30 minutes. They usually lose the game. Mm-hmm. So why are they not kind of uh, configuring their whole game plan to that? And I think that's the criticism that usually happens. It's a Gary. really, really good point, you know, and you can apply that to, I remember to the latter years of Arsene Wenger at Arsenal, mm-hmm. the critics would say he doesn't adapt what he's doing. He just plays the same way every week. And whether you buy into that as a fair criticism, that was the book on him. And I think Garrett seems to be, as you outlined, the same thing. He just lets us do the same thing every time, irrespective of who we're, who we're squaring off against. Are the Rams going to make the playoffs? Oh, they got a chance. They're, they're in a fight, man. Their destiny's in their hands. Yeah. And I think they're playing. Listen, this is when you, you want to be playing great football. Mm. And that happens. I mean, Robert Woods coming back. I know he has some issues. I see why important he was to that offense. Mm. And Todd Gurley's turning it on now. Man, if they get hot right now, scary. Do not want to be meeting them. Scary. Do not want to be meeting them. Okay, so we're both picking. I'm picking the Rams as well, actually, for the road wins. Good. Good start. Let's uh, pick another tough game to call, I think, anyway. The Bills at the Steelers. This is 
stupid tough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's in Pittsburgh, of course. The Bills, uh, nine and four now after that loss against oh, the Ravens last week. They, um, their defense played hard. Yeah. Their defense played hard against the Ravens, yeah, but they, did. they, I mean, the Ravens, they brought the pain. I mean, they blitzed <laughs> 30 times. Uh, Alan was sacked six times yep. out of the pocket. He couldn't get anything going. He had, I think, one downfield. Yeah, he had throw. a rough day. <laughs> he had a rough day. He had a rough, had a rough day. day. And it, it, he's going to learn from it because, you know, he's great. He's had a good year. You know, he's Cam 2.0. I call him that because he's a big physical guy that has is a power thrower. I mean, if you sit back there and think he's going to stop the run, mm. he can throw the ball over your head fast mm. and that's what the skill is right that's why they can do what they do because the threat of him like man if he he can he can dump it over our head mm. is significant i think the steelers are going to win this game mm. it's going to be tight they're at home and i just think the steelers have a super bowl defense now not a super bowl team a super bowl defense yeah. and i think with the quarterback devlin hodges he knows he understands or they've made him understand exactly how he needs to play uh, and he needs to play into the strength of that team with the defense. And so he's giving him a spark, and there's not enough tape on the kid yep. where people are got him figured out yet. There's always an advantage to that mm-hmm. with the young guys. It takes about five games where people are like, let's do this to him yeah. and see if he adjusts. So it's still kind of as a coordinator, you're calling the game, and you're just not sure that gives them a small advantage. Mike Tomlin's had a hell of a season, given everything he's had to deal with with the Steelers. Is he, in your mind, coach of the year or certainly a contender for coach of the year he's a certainly a contender it's hard if if like san fran goes to the super bowl yeah i mean kyle shanahan i love what he's doing Mm -hmm. Uh, and he and think about the turnaround he's had from year to year so but yes he is he's up there and i what tomlin has shown us is exactly what we always thought he was except you just forget because you got when he had uh uh Roethlisberger, Bell, and Brown. You just, ah, oh, he's just got the talent. But no, this man is a leader of men. Uh, you're picking the Steelers for the win? Of course. Okay. I, That's all I really on the fence with this. It's hard. Man. It's, it's tough. I, I mean, it's, I'm go, they're at home. I mean, yeah. we're talking two but, points, yeah. a point, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I think I'm with you as well for that, for that it's reason. Tough. That defense against, cause I look at the weapons as well that Alan's got and Cole Beasley being your number one guy is, yeah. Slim pick. They got exposed a little bit. Mm. You know, they got exposed and I, what, what you got to score points to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> the hot take. The J-Bell hot take. Uh, okay. Speaking of the 49ers, let's go there next. Uh, they're hosting the Falcons. So this should yeah. be pretty straightforward. Despite the fact the Falcons, you know, flip-flopping recently, their defense for a couple of weeks was absolutely balling. Mm. Then they kind of reverted. Then they shellacked the Panthers yep. last week. It's so very hard to kind of work out about what this. is happening, right? Yeah. Uh, 49ers, I'm going with them, but let's watch this. To, to, we got to make it interesting and everybody needs to see what kind of team are the 49ers. We talked about the Baltimore Ravens and how they never play down to their opponent, right? Mm-hmm. Scary. The 49ers need to go out there and assert their dominance, mm. period. This is who we are. We are this kind of team and you have felt the wrath. Doesn't matter if we're in your dome or whatever. Oh no, they're at the Forty Nineers now. So yeah, go do it. Make it happen. Let everybody know we are for real. Mm. Let's look at quickly the game last week and what your main takeaways from that were. Because on the one hand, and a very big hand that is as well, they went down to New Orleans and went toe to toe, and in a game that really could have gone either way, went their way. Job done. The flip side of that is their defense for the first time this season was ripped up by yes. the Saints. So how are they going to be looking 
at that result. So this, <laughs> me and Osi were talking about this. Mm-hmm. This actually helps them. I'm telling you why. Because their defense went down to the Bermuda Triangle and disappeared. Mm-hmm. Done. I mean, the Best defense of the league, almost. Yeah. So what happens is this: you're on this plane home. You're in these. You know, everybody's ah, oh, we won. But Robert Solid, the defense coordinator, he's looking at his defense. He's like, "What you celebrating mm. for?" So they go into meetings on Monday and they look at the film, and the offense is like, "Wow!" Yeah. And and Kyle Shanahan is like, "As a team, we did this." Mm. Robert Sala is eating them alive. <laughs> he is beating them verbally. <laughs> Which is what needs to happen. <clears throat> Sorry, because what happens is this. You only get so many opportunities when you're good to really coach guys. Mm-hmm. You get to coach your guys who've been good on there. Nick Boza, balling. You get to come at him and you're like, we're not letting this slide. Mm-hmm. Richard Sherman, we're not. You coach those guys hard. Everybody falls in line. Mm-hmm. It checks you. And that's important, mm-hmm. especially when you've been dominating. A reality check. It's, Man, this could happen to us. So it could be the best thing that's happened to the 49ers yes. this season, you think. The mm-hmm. fact, particularly because they got the win as well. But to get a wake-up call like this. Get a wake-up call, man. You, mm. you, looks at, you guys almost lost the game. You, you, you. You know, just because the other side bailed us out, you know, kind of thing. And that that helps. What was the worst calling out you ever got in a post-game oh post session? Oh man, we've got, I've gotten ripped before. Personally, I've gotten, I mean, I've gotten ripped personally. I mean, you just, I remember a game. Does that happen a lot where players will get singled out in, in those sessions? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, yes, yes, it was, yes, <laughs> it'll happen. Yeah. And, and, and the whole D, it, it'll happen, especially if you played soft or whatever, you know, but, I just remember a game I played and we were, oh, I, was, I had a really good game. It was against Tennessee. Mm. It's playing and, Really had a solid game, uh, covering my buddy from co- uh, college. Drew Bennett was a receiver. Mm-hmm. And he, I think I had broke up three passes. So he wasn't having a good game. Mm. Fourth quarter, tight game, throw the ball deep. And he was very good, high point in the ball. And it was that back shoulder fade. Mm-hmm. So he slid and caught it. They kicked a field goal one. Mm. A, a D lineman runs up to me. To Dom Cabers is standing. Dom's like looking at me, shaking his head, and he's like, "Why you got Jake Bell? Get him out of here!" I'm like, "Man, I've been balling all day. Like, <laughs> what what's going do? on here?" Oh, and then, God. yeah, you know, it's it's the meeting's hard, and it, they're on you. But if everybody sees the plays you made before then, it. But yeah, life is a corner, though, you man. I literally is, lost. I mean, it's one of the toughest missions. Tough, man, for that reason, right? You can be. It's just I had like a great game. Every I broke up all the other passes. Like they tried me deep twice. I broke up an hour. Yeah, I'm, I'm relating to this with my five side, obviously as a keeper. You know, I could, I could see five a lot side of is real. A lot of parallels. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of parallels. No, it's the same thing, man. Every, you are, game. it's on the line. Every yeah. play for you, man. Every, it's like an offensive lineman blocking well all game and then you give up a big sack and people yeah. are like, oh, you suck. And you're like, yeah. what did I just? All game long. Yeah. Mean, you know, but it's, it's football. It is, it is football. So the, so really interesting on the 49ers. Maybe the best thing that could have happened was the, Bermuda we need to see them respond. Yeah. Garoppolo, here's one for you. You might have it because I know you're a prepared kind of guy. What do you think Jimmy Garoppolo's passer rating is this season? Oh man, I, is it above or below 100? It's a uh, probably above. It is 100 on on the button. Yeah, yeah, but not significantly above. Yeah. Where are you on Garoppolo? I like Garoppolo. <laughs> Somebody said something uh, about him that I kind of agree with, and it's that he's got this thing about him where he's just. He's not too serious. Mm. He's like, 
yeah, what do you want me to do? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, totally. okay, you want me to go out? Yeah, coach, cool. It's not like all like, you know, you look at Tom Brady or, and yeah, you look at Peyton Manning and it's just, they got this thing. You look at Lamar, he actually has it too. It's just different. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, it's business. Mm-hmm. Garoppolo's like, it's business. But I'm still, I'm just cool. Does that worry, does that worry you? Joe Montana was like this. Well, this is it. We were, we were talking about, and I got on the radio last Sunday when, in the middle of that crazy game. And there was a bit, it was right at the end, right? It's the final drive, just before I think he had the fourth and two run, mm-hmm. in fact. And then, the, therefore, before the Kittle hit, right? Uh, or connection. He, they just cut him on the sidelines because a timeout had been called. And he was with his, with his guys and just laughing, smiling, just exactly as you said. And I said, God, that's just like Montana. Yeah. In the Bengals drive when he said, Oh, look, guys, John Candy. Yeah. 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 That just echoed that. He's just chilling. And I mean, that's, you know, you want a team that emulates, uh, the place they're at. It's really, it's really smart. It's good. You know, you are in the city, the city, you're, you're for the people in the city. And one thing about him, I think that really works is he trusts Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is literally like, yo, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to draw this up and it's going to work. Go do it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, but, but why wouldn't you be? Yeah. Yeah. This, you, you draw it up in the dirt coach. Pretty good at this yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and, and you want a guy like that, you know, you don't want a guy that's kind of, uh, questioning too much, I guess. Can I just double like, check? You, you gave me the answer. <laughs> yeah. Go get it. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like he's that kind of guy yeah. without knowing him. And, and you know what that, you know, ask the question, what would you rather have? The, the concern being he's a bit too laissez-faire, a bit too, bit too chilled. Actually, when it comes to the crunch, it's a championship game, it's a two minute drive, the Super Bowl. I'd want that guy just, he's not phased, he's not phased by this. And the one thing he's learned from Tom Brady is that when the game's on the line to be relaxed and go mm. execute. And that's, you, think about it. You had all that time with the best. Mm. You are walking away with some valuable tools. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. We were chatting off air about the importance of being in that organization, in the Patriots organization, how much extra edge you take from that, not to be underestimated. Okay, what about the Saints then? They got to bounce back. They got the Colts uh, in the Superdome once again. Yeah. The Colts have fallen off a cliff, J Bell. Yeah, I'm surprised about the Colts and, you know, it's, it's because they don't really have, Jacoby Brissett doesn't have the weapons offensively. When T.Y. Hilton went out, changed their offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like, um, Darius Leonard, though, their yeah. linebacker. He's, yeah, a, he's yeah. a star. But the Saints are going to win this. The Saints looked good. I mean, the Saints are a good, good team. If they showed anything, uh, they showed their ability to score points and score them fast. Mm-hmm. And I think that both these defenses will never face another offense like that. Right. Uh, and thus they play each other again. To say, <laughs> to, <laughs> like, play each other again. The, another hot take. I love that. Yeah, the, yeah. Same question about how the Saints are going to react to that game. So they can look at it and think, okay, we lost, but we put up 46 points on the best defense in football. Or are they going to be smarting that, particularly with some of the calls as well? Peyton was incandescent on the sidelines at times. Are they going to be, look, they'll get over it quickly because they have to, but how are they going to look back at last weekend? Defense, this is going to be the same thing. And mm-hmm. the defense, their coordinator is great. Their DB coach is my buddy, Aaron Glenn, who ta- I played with and taught me how to play sure. corner. They're going to say, you guys aren't tough. Like you let you lost this game because you you let a guy catch a ball, you missed a tackle, and then you just literally got out physical mm. and then got a penalty. These are all things where we talk about the game coming down to a couple plays. That's what that happened. Yeah, that's exactly you what got happened. a tackle in yeah. this game. Yeah. I don't care what happens. It comes down to technique, and they're gonna drill that in them mm. all week, and guys are gonna get 
tight on their technique and especially their tackling. Like Garoppolo run as well. That should they should not have allowed that to happen. Man, that last that was penalties of the last drive. Oh, I mean, it's just mask, yeah. all that stuff. You can't on those third downs. Garoppolo got it was two penalties, right? Yeah, right. Bam. Okay, uh, let's look. Now, this is a tough one. Another tough one to call the Vikings heading to LA to play the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, tough because on paper it might not seem it when you think the Vikings are one of those teams like the Titans on a real roll at the moment. But the Chargers unleashed hell on the Jags last week and were a dangerous side to be facing. So could this be a possible, is it a, would you call it a trap game? Maybe the Vikings... It definitely would would seem like an upset if the Vikings lost it. Yeah, the Vikings, Coach Zim is going to have them prepared and understand that Chargers are spoiler spoilers late in the year. Mm. I mean, this they are spoiling right now, and they mm. they can beat you, I, and and that will be emphasized. But I think the Vikings and what they are right now, especially with their ability on offense to score points like Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins is 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 throwing them to wins. So this has been their their issue there they need to fix some things on defense they've gotten better but especially in the back end with the coverage Zim is tightening it up and he is and he is fixing things it's still I'm still scarred by a couple of things they've done uh weeks before but he is getting that tight I just think they're a better team right now and if they do lose if if, I think the Vikings are going to win but if they don't it makes me go you know what you just you're just not ready because you mm-hmm. gotta close games like this against teams that are trying to spoil away. Big time. You know, it's gonna be a, you know, it's gonna be like playing in college down there at the little stadium they got and you just go down there and it's gonna be loud and. There'll be more Vikings fans there than It probably will. It probably will. Minnesota for the win? Minnesota for yeah, the win. Yeah, me too on that one. The Packers, of course, are slugging it out with the Vikings in the NFC North. A 10 and 3 record. So if the Vikings do lose that game, and the Packers beat the Bears. This one's yeah. at Lambeau. Yeah, that's the, tough. The Packers are probably locked down the oh, division, man. but the Bears, speaking of spoilers, Jay Bell, that's exactly what the Bears man, are. The this moment. is a tough game. This is a very, very, very tough game. It can go either way. It's hard for me to call. I'm just going to say it before I start talking in, ca- in case I talk my way out of okay, it. Okay, fair play. I'm going with the Packers. Okay. It's, and I'm going with the home field advantage, mm-hmm. and I feel like their defense will play better at home. The, the reason I'm – okay, Trubisky's playing much better. Yeah. And that's – Dangerous because this defense of the Bears, it's it's not the same, but they're still good. Mm. They're still they can dominate games. I think if the Packers have to on defense, they got to create turnovers. That's what they got to do. I'm just I'm not in love with them, mm. but I'm in love the fact that they get turnovers and turnovers come in bunches. It becomes very lucky. If mm. you get turnovers, you keep giving Aaron Rodgers the ball. Good things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think the offense still runs through Aaron Jones, the running back. Yeah, I mean, look at that weird performance last week when they just tore into the lead against. Uh, who are they playing last week? Uh, the Redskins. Yeah. And, uh, we thought this is going to be a three score win easily. And then they just disappeared and, and the Redskins came back into it. What do we say about good teams? You don't let your foot off the gas. Right? You do, you, I mean, I know there's parody. I know it's tough, but you have to have this thing that we don't play down, uh, to our competition because you can let people, you can let them back in the door. Yeah. And, and if people in this league, if the opponent feels like they got a chance, they take it. So they have to go and close games out. And yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't got like enough that. weapons around weapons performing at the highest level or their highest level Rogers in the moment. That doesn't seem I don't like have. the receiving core as a mm. whole. I mean, I mean, you know, uh, Dante Adams is an elite receiver, mm. but you got to have more. He, he is elite. He is great. But I think that running game is the key. And Aaron Rodgers can still do Aaron Rodgers stuff better than yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Just hands down. Big time. You're spot on with Trubisky incidentally in the last couple of weeks. 
He's averaging 8.4 yards in attempts, six touchdowns, two interceptions. His yeah. passer rating 116.9. Totally different player to the one we saw. He's got to run. Season. He's got to be out there on the edge. He's got to see half the field. You just got to make it to his strengths. This is who the kid is. This is who he drafted. Uh, if he carries on playing like this for the <clears throat> remainder of the season, he's sorted as a starter by next year, right? Oh, it's, the, about it's the worst thing for Bears fans. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're not moving on. Yeah, sure. If he keep, continues to play like this, yeah. he's your quarterback he's next got year. The gig next yep. Year. Yeah, yeah. Done. No doubt. But they'll draft it. Would they draft the quarterback? Nah, or? man. They got to. If he keeps playing like this, you because they spend the money on him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people. But I mean, jobs draft the quarterback as an insurance policy. Maybe they lower round run, yeah. but it's not a threat. It's not a guy you're saying yeah. this is a challenge. You know, you have to bring in somebody that if they play, kind of what the Mario to Tannehill thing yeah, was. Okay. That, yeah. That's what I think needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Nick Foles kind of character, maybe. Maybe it has to be somebody that can go out there and win some games. Like, and literally, if if there needs if the offense is in place and we put this chess piece in there, it changes. It has to be that kind of guy. Onto the Patriots, Bengals. <clears throat> uh, the Patriots going to unleash hell after what has happened. You just get the feeling Belichick is so annoyed about this situation, so annoyed with the Bengals, <laughs> and, and also Zach Taylor. He seems to be quite frustrated with how Taylor has handled things. This could get ugly, Jay Bell. Listen, they're going to go out there, and the Patriots are what they are. They, they don't. They have certain games a year where they're just like a lapse of focus. They're going to go out there and do that. But we got to see what this offense does. This is a terrible defense of the Bengals. Right. If the Patriots can't have success and they struggle. We have something to worry about. This could be that game. We've, we've talked about it before that if a few of these pieces gel with Brady, receiving pieces particularly, this could be that game, couldn't it? If they can put 45 points on the Bengals and he's hitting Sanu and he's Dorsett's filling his boots and everything's suddenly chiming and everybody's happy and Brady's happy, this could be that game that, okay, that was the week that the Patriots got their offense rolling. Yep. They, it, but it has to click. If it doesn't, then we'll see it and we'll, that they don't, once they play another good defense, We'll be talking about them losing the game, you know. Pro Football Focus had an interesting stat. Out of all the quarterbacks in the league this season that have thrown an incompletion because of a miscommunication, Brady's number one. 21 times there's yep. been a miscommunication. Just not on on the same page with these guys at the moment. Yeah, you have to see the field the same way as your receivers. It's very important, especially the way they, they run that offense, which is they throw the ball between the hashes. It's a lot of traffic, you know. Yeah. It's so big for Brady as well, isn't it? That he trusts you. If he doesn't trust you, forget about yeah, it. Yeah, it's 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 high, it's high, it's high percentage throws with a lot of traffic, right? Because it's just you have to see the this field the same way, or else it's yeah. going to be an interception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why he has to trust you. Bucks, Lions, the Lions, unbelievably yeah. three nine and one. I mean, how did this happen? Man, what number quarterback are they on? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it might, be, it might be the double digits. In the they uh, Patricia's in trouble, man. I, yeah, I don't like it. The bar. Buccaneers are going to win. First of all, they can score a ton of points. Mm-hmm. They can, I mean, James Winston leads the league, right? In passing. Uh, second. Second. Yeah, second. yeah. Oh, yeah, he's behind that. Behind, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he's throwing the ball all over the place. He's going to turn it over all over the place, too. But, yeah, they're, 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 they're going to win this. Um, but, yeah, I just wonder what's going to happen. He leads the league in interceptions, of course. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's throwing to everybody. It's, yeah. the, you know, it's, 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 everybody's got a shot. But, you know, I, one, thing I, play it against him. one thing I love about James Winston, man, if you played with him, you're like, and he throws a pick, he's not going in the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody, I, I read this somewhere about, you know, he's a pitcher and uh, in college mm-hmm. at Florida State. And, you know, pitchers, 
you can't just because a guy hit a homer, you got to still throw your heat. Back in, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's a pitcher. Was Winston a pitcher in college? Yeah. So that's think about his mentality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, I can't worry about. We go again. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, you reckon the Bucks get the robot? Bucks, Bucks, yeah, Bucks. Okay, I like the Bucks there. Uh, where else are we? Broncos, Chiefs. Interesting one. The Broncos. Oh, yeah. Drew Locke, of course. Woo! Stepping up. Is he the, is he the future? I guess so. You know, the one thing about him, everybody said is his arm talent was mm-hmm. elite. And it was. And I think what you need to say is, okay, why is he having success? Well, he was hurt early on, right? Mm-hmm. So he didn't have pressure. And when you can watch the game from a sideline as a quarterback and see the adjustments and kind of see the game without the pressure of playing, it helps you. Right. It helps you go out there. When you get out there, you're like, oh, I seen it and you're hot. And that's what you've seen from him. He's a guy who's you got to give him credit. He took the mental reps. Mm. He took the mental reps. I, I like Vic Fangio. I love their defense. I'm a Fangio fan, but the, you know the Chiefs are going to win this game. But this is going to be tough. Again, you're going to see some things thrown at the Chiefs because the way Vic Fangio calls defense, he is an elite defensive play caller. Uh, so these are going to be nuggets we get this week. Even if the Chiefs win, which I think they are, these are going to be techniques from a zone perspective mm-hmm. that other teams will use. Right. Interesting. Spags, I want to talk about quickly because yeah. he played under him, of course. Yeah, yeah. So he seems to have turned, at least in the short term, this, the Kansas City D around quite, quite significantly. This has always been in, in the kind of recent iterations, the Andy Reid Chiefs, the weak link. You know, mm-hmm. you can run on them, you can pass on them. Yeah. They're going to concede a lot of points. They'll just outscore you. That's, that seems to have been their yes. MO, but <laughs> yeah. that's kind of changing, right? Spags is a slow starter, notoriously. And I think the reason why is he's learning his personnel. Mm-hmm. He's did this, uh, he's, he did this at the Giants when, uh, in 07, the Super Bowl. And so I think that's what's happened this year. He, uh, he did some things schematically last week that I really liked. And I think that he's, he understands that they're not gonna, they're weak against the run. So as a team, this is how they're gonna play. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs now are saying, Andy, you got fire at all cylinders, score quickly, get us ahead. Because then I don't have to, I can eliminate them trying to run the ball. Cause then Spags can scheme up the things he's doing in the past defense that are working. Mm-hmm. And I think that formula is gonna work for them. They have to score quickly and score fast. If they get ahead in a league, they can win mm-hmm. with a lead. And it's a team that can get ahead against you right now. They, the they have the strength to cover in the back. That. Yeah, in yeah, really interesting. So they are a, a more dangerous proposition in many ways going into the playoffs this year than they were last year. Do you think because of that? Yes, I think they're. Yes, I think that they well, have. Just to, on that point, what I mean is, obviously, they were a dangerous proposition last year, but yeah. beating up on weaker teams. When it came to the crunch, the defense let them down. Mm-hmm. Going into the playoffs this season, they still have roughly, if not exactly the same, offensive prowess, but just a much sturdier D as a playoff team against the other elite teams, they're in a better position. I like the way they are calling plays as a team. I just, I, I watch what Spags is doing and week to week he's adjusting to route combinations. Mm-hmm. And you can do that when you have, uh, uh, safeties like he does, you know. So it, it, it works out well. I mean, Tyron Matthew allows him to do certain things because the way he's a player, yeah. a cerebral player back there, that you see he's making plays. He's like, okay, you're going to act like this and you're going to do this. That's all Spags coaching the back end. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's good stuff. Oh, I love the word drop being cerebral in as well. Mm. Loving your work, j Right, Texas Titans. Whoa, Whoa, this is tough, man. I forgot. I was hoping you skipped this game. They are playing each other twice in the next three weeks. So oh, this is going to determine the South, of course, because we've established the Colts are out of it. The Jags are never in it. So 
And the Titans are the hot hand at the moment. They're both eight and five records. The Texans at the moment in possession of the division, but only just. I hate this because I am a Texan. You know that. I played most of my career there. But I, I don't. Nobody in the league wants to play the Titans right now. Nobody wants to play the Titans. Listen to me. This team right now, Ryan Tannehill is balling. Wow. Balling. Are you surprised at that? So we were talking about this on the show. Maybe. <laughs> a little bit. Well, this, keen to get your perspective on this. So on the show, uh, I think it was Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. We were talking about Tannehill as a player who quite clearly came into the league, was a, you know, top 10, top 12 draft pick, came into the league with talent, had some success, took his team to the playoffs, ha- injuries affected him as that well. That got him. That got him. We were drawing comparison with a, a footballer called Dimitri Payet, right? Mm-hmm. Who was a talented player, was certainly playing at a reasonably high level, but was not considered a world beater. Came in to West Ham, mm-hmm. solid pr- Premier League team, but not an elite team, and had an unbelievable season at the age of 28, 29. And some people were saying, where has this come from? Mm-hmm. Other people said this was always there. It was just a combination. The stars aligning, and it all came together for him. Is that what's happened with Tannehill, that he's come into a situation where everything is right for him. And that is why we're seeing this level of performance. Uh, yeah, you can't argue with that. I think he was getting hot in Miami the year he got hurt with Adam Gase and people were talking about him being yeah. an elite guy. Yeah. And he got hurt in the injury and, and, and that all happened. But over here, this team, the way it is, is it's run first, powerful ball, great defense, tough head coach. Yeah. And every, all his receivers, receivers, are threats with the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Physical people, and he's so athletic. I mean, he went to he went to college as a as a receiver. <laughs> yes, he did. He right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this guy's got a scholarship. I look at the tackle he made on. <laughs> right, this <laughs> dude's an elite athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one thing he does different than Mariota, all that being said, you need somebody who's aggressive down the field mm. and will attack. And that's his personality and the way he throws the ball. And that's why he fits. So yes, it is, it is the s- situation he's in and he's done the most of it. And I think just like we were saying earlier, when you sit back as a quarterback and like we we're saying with Drew Locke, he was able to watch and he said, this is what Marcus is missing. Yes. So when I get in there, I see the opportunities. Yeah. 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 So he's like, I know the script. Mm-hmm. This is when I got to go jump off the ledge, you know, and make a play, put it all out there. And he does it. One thing on the Texans is is Will Fuller, I guess. They're a very different offense when Fuller is playing. I mean, you might as well. Will Fuller's going to get paid because of that. Mm. I mean, he's not going to play. He's going to miss whatever games he's going to miss. He's a fast guy. You know, I call him, you know, the hamstring guys. Mm. Uh, But but they are not the same without him. At all. A whole different team because the way he stretches the defense horizontally so and you vertically. Pick, you're picking the Titans? Yes. Okay, I am as well. And I think the Titans are going to win the division, roll into the playoffs. Scary. And that's scary. <laughs> they can get hot. Let's go to your New York Giants. We've got to rattle through the final picks. Yep, I'm getting the quick. note from Harry the producer. Yeah, we'll, uh, just, we'll just say yay or nay. Dolphins at Giants. I'm going with the Giants. Going you with the Giants. To. You have to. I'm picking them as well. And Eli retires a Giant at the end of this season, you think? I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't want to see him play anywhere else. No, I don't think anyone would. Uh, the Jags Raiders. The Both teams are Raiders now. Disappointingly have fallen off in recent weeks. So they're not going to be making the playoffs. But the Jags are... Right now, the weakest team in football, the way they're performing. Yeah. What uh, happened to that defense at the Jags, man? So Raiders, going with the Raiders. I just don't, I can't put any faith in Jags. Did you see that footage of Rivers and Yannick Ngonkwe? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. Rivers, man. Rivers, disappointed <laughs> to see that from Rivers. Yeah. Uh, Browns, Cardinals. The Browns still in the hunt, just about. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think the Browns can win this, but I, I want to see Kyler Murray just continue to evolve. Yeah, Kyler versus Baker, of course, two former Heisman uh, Trophy winners. I think, if my maths is correct, that is They're it. Buddies. Uh, are they? Are they? Yeah, they're good. Are they they're cool. I am rattling through. I think. Oh, we've done Seahawks. We've done Seahawks Panthers. We haven't done Seahawks Panthers. Oh, we? Seahawks. Yeah, has to yeah, be, gotta has go to Seahawks. Yeah, things looking ugly for Carolina at the moment. That is a wrap. That is Woo! all of this week's game. J Bell, we got it done. How about that on Friday the thirteenth? It didn't turn out too weird for a Friday the thirteenth. I mean, you know, it all worked out so far. We just got to keep, you know, keep head on a swivel. We're getting a thumbs up from Harry, the producer. Um, Miami, we're going to be out in Miami. Of course, you're going to be out in Miami. I'm going to be there making TV it happen. Judy. So, can we? Have you sorted out tickets for Gronk's beach party yet? Uh, I'm going to call my agent. You know yep. people, J Bell. Yep. Call my agent to take care yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Jay Bell ain't missed the party now. That's the only time I'll ever talk about myself at third party when it comes to being at a party. <laughs> I've got that. It's the only time I'm going to allow you to refer to yourself in the third person as well when it relates to parties. Great to see you, man. Uh, if our uh, listeners uh, want to follow you on, uh, most of them I'm sure already do, on social media, where are they heading? Uh, Jason Bell 33 or Jason 33 Bell? I think one of the two at Twitter and at, and at, uh, in- Rolling the Instagram. Instagram as well. Yeah. What do you prefer? You're a Twitter guy, an Instagram guy? Or I like Twitter? them both. They're just different. I mean, you interact more on Twitter. It's Jason Bell 33. Jason Sorry. Bell Jason 33. Bell 33. There you go. Yes. Go and uh, follow the big man and we'll yeah. see you very, very soon. All right, y'all. Fine work from Jay Bell. He will be back very, very soon and I'm hoping he can sort us out tickets for the Gronk party in Miami. Hey, the worldwide leader surely can get us sorted. Harry, the producer, he's got connections too. So somebody was going to get hands on tickets for us when we're out in Miami for the Super Bowl. Don't forget our listener league this weekend, fantasy.paddybow.com forward slash league forward slash Nat Coombe show. If you haven't played already, go and chance your arm. You pick a team, you got a 60K budget. If you get enough points, you win cash prizes. Simple as. And if you want a bit of extra edge, me and the OG drop in Saturday morning on your podcatcher of choice with all the daily fantasy steers you will need to give you success this weekend. We're back on Monday reviewing all the weekend's action. We'll see you then. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.